Hey, everybody, welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self help podcast to make life suck less. This is a podcast where every Friday on our Big Daddy episodes, we read and review a popular self help book and we tell you what we think about it. We try to think critically and comedically and give you the highs and lows so that in under an hour, you know if this book is worth your time and if you should support the author or if you should just keep on living your beautiful life. But those, my friends, those are Friday episodes. And this, this is a Tuesday. This is what we lovingly refer to as the weekly beef. They are shorter, sweeter minisodes where we explore all of the caves and crevices and little icky bits of the self-help world, everything and anything that is not a book. We have been known to do trivia, thought-provoking questions, and sometimes special guests, which is what I'm bringing you today. I am joined by two extremely special guests. But before I dive in, just some quick housekeeping. Lisa's not with us this week. She's taking care of herself, and we say yes. We also have a Patreon community that we would love for you to check out. If you've been looking for ways to support the podcast, the link is in show notes. And we are having some amazing conversations where we try something from every single book we read in a really raw, unedited, wild way. We really get into how we feel about it. So please join us. We would love to have you there. And without further ado... I would like to welcome special guests Jamie Anderson and Yonatan Elkayam to the podcast. Guys, welcome. Hi, Misty. Hey, Misty. Thanks for having us. Hi, my pleasure. And Yonatan, did I say your last name right? You did. You did. Holy shit. This is also an explicit podcast. Welcome. Hydra kiddos. So you may recognize Jamie's voice from last week when she presented The Ethical Slut, which was just sounds like such an incredible book. And if you are having any kind of bodily tension at that title and resistance, I just want to let you know, it sounds like a really gentle, loving, incredibly powerful reframing book. So check out that episode if you want to know more. So Jamie and Yonatan, I have asked you to come on the podcast because you have this incredible coaching business and I wanted to share it with our listeners because I've never I've never run into a coaching business quite like yours. So before we dive in though, I want everyone to get their bearings and let you know that Jamie is a coach, energy healer, and the co-founder of Coopetition Coaching. After spending a decade in the fitness industry and witnessing the people around her, herself included, burn out time and again, she and her partner Yonatan teamed up to form Coopetition Coaching a coaching service designed to help you fill your own cup. Okay, Yonatan just kissed Jamie on the cheek while I was reading that, and it was the the cutest. She and Yonatan are on a mission to bring more love, pleasure, and joy to the world, and they believe it begins with the self. Yonatan has spent his life exploring his creativity. He is a musician, filmmaker, and actor, and deeply understands the importance of play. Ugh. He's also an energy healer, coach, trained in classical Pilates, and the co-founder of Coopetition Coaching. And to give you a little info on Coopetition Coaching itself, 
It was founded with the understanding that we can't pour from a cup that's empty. When Yonatan and Jamie looked around, they saw so many of the people they love, respect, and care for taking care of those around themselves, but leaving their own cups half full. They bring together breath, energy healing, movement, intimacy, and play to help their clients step into their power, bring more pleasure to their lives, and elevate their relationships. Wow. That just sounds like such a worthy cause to spend your time on and what love to bring into the world. And can you tell me a little bit, what does coopetition mean? Well, the best way that I like to describe coopetition is imagine a tree. And while the leaves are growing as high up as they can into the sky, the roots are, grow- are growing as deep as they can into the earth. And so you have this oppositional growth that ends up strengthening and creating more balance in the trunk. And that's basically the, the foundation of this practice, which is that, you know, within yourself, there's a lot of oppositional movement within a relationship. You know, as, as Jamie grows and she's growing every single day and creating space for her to grow in whatever direction she needs to, while I'm doing the same thing. And having that freedom to, to feel untethered in your growth ends up creating a lot more connection for us, a lot more stability in our relationship. And we practice this in our movement practice. So as we're moving our bodies, there's a lot of oppositional stretching that's happening. As we practice this in, in our spiritual practice, you know, there's a lot of opposition from your spirit to your body to your mind and allowing the space for all of those things to happen without any judgment, without going, oh, my mind is going in this direction and my heart is going in this direction. Just witnessing that and allowing for those things to move in whatever direction that they need to continues to bring the strength back to the center. That's so beautiful because I feel like you know, speaking for myself here, my tendency in the past, and I felt this from partners and towards partners, when one of us is growing, I, it can often feel like, oh, wait, no, like I want to cling tighter. Like, don't grow too far away from me. Don't, you know, don't explain yourself too much. Or what if I'm left behind? Or, oh, no, what if I'm growing and I leave you behind? So this sounds like a really beautiful approach of saying, like, how can we make space for this? So is this something that your coaching program or practices are centered around? Like, is this more relationship coaching, individual coaching, both? We work with both. And the focus, like you said earlier, is it's on the self. So when we're working with couples, we're actually helping each individual find a a greater sense of self-love and understanding of what what needs to happen in this relationship for my cup to be filled so that I am not clinging to my partner and expecting them to do all of these things, right? Because it's our responsibility to fill our cup. And so we found a lot of success working with couples who are ready to do this work together. We also love working with single people or even people who are partnered that aren't doing the work with their partner. Maybe their partner's not ready. They're on a different journey. And it all looks a little different. You know, working with someone one-on-one looks different than working with a couple. And it's all really beautiful because it's all this acceptance of growth and expansion and circling back to what you just said about that 
that fear that comes up when a partner starts to grow, if we think about a relationship as a breathing thing, we exhale, we contract. And that contraction feels really good in a relationship. We're getting closer. We're like with our partner. The inhale, the expansion is terrifying so often because what's happening, right? When are we going to stop moving away? Eventually you're going to, you're going to need to exhale again, you know? And so that like this tree and the the breath, they all tie together. And we, we really love to create space for that expansion to feel less scary, to feel a little bit safer in that expansion and create a little more awareness around the breath cycle, the cycles of our relationships. Beautiful. And I have to say when, I mean, I've visited your website many times before, but when I pulled it up this morning, just to be like, what's the latest and greatest, I typed in co-opetition coaching and then the words pleasure coach came up afterwards. And then I was scrolling down your front page. I kept seeing this word pleasure, like pleasure and play seem to be two of the main themes. And I I am somebody who craves so much more play in my life, but I don't know how to get it. And I also want more pleasure, but especially in a pandemic, it's like I am at a loss for, for how to get these things. So what does a pleasure coach or coaching somebody in play look like? <laughs> Sorry, that was so cute. They both looked at each other. They've non-verbally had a whole conversation about who would speak to this. <laughs> and then Jamie looked back towards the camera. That was so beautiful. <laughs> it's me. I'll take this Thank one. You. Man, pleasure (laughs) is our MO. Everything that we do is to help people experience more pleasure in their lives because we look around and we see, we've just seen so many examples of how we don't want to do it around us. Like what's not working? Everyone we know is burnt out and exhausted and we catch up with someone. They say, how are you? How was your week? Was it busy? As if that's the badge of honor to wear. And we call bullshit on this being a sign of success. It doesn't feel good for anyone. No. And it's just capitalism. Yeah, it is. And we subscribe to the idea that your life should feel good. You deserve to feel pleasure and pleasure can come from everything you do when you start to look at things through this lens and it's hard, it's reprogramming how you think about things over and over and over again. Some of the really simple ways that we practice this are we, we dance every single day for the one song, three and a half minutes. You know, it's, that's a really gentle way to start with your pleasure. Do something that feels good for three and a half minutes. Isn't it funny how, like, it's so funny how I can be like, yeah, that doesn't sound that hard, but like days and days will go by and I'll be like, I didn't have the time. I didn't have the three and a half minutes. Like all this resistance comes up. And I'm sure for a lot of people listening too, it's like three and a half minutes of pleasure. How dare you? <laughs> like, how dare you suggest that? Yeah. So it's really interesting. It's scary. It can intimidate people. I think there's a lot of shame wrapped up in, in experiencing pleasure. And you and I talked about this as we reviewed the ethical slut, but it goes so deep, you know, and I have not once seen avoiding pleasure show up in my life in a positive way. There's not been a single day where I worked really hard and avoided my pleasure and felt good about that, you know, 
And in fact, we've both seen our productivity increase as we've approached our life with more pleasure. Our relationship has gotten better. Our friendships have become stronger. Our work feels better because there's no resentment. There's no feeling of like, oh, this is dragging me down. We're allowing it to feel good. We've chosen to allow it to feel good. And we really believe that the people in our community can start to approach things this way. And we are, you know, we know this is a conversation that isn't happening much. And we are really driven to open up the floor and open up some space to talk about how we can redesign our lives to be productive and and be, you know, for us to be servant leaders and to show up for people and also to make it feel good because our pleasure is important. I'd love to add to that, which is that, you know, our society doesn't really emphasize or put a lot of value on slowing down, on rest, on taking some time for yourself. You know, it's, it is often these conversations are about how busy we were this week, you know, how much time was filled up with all this stuff. What did you accomplish? Right. What did you accomplish? Like very rarely when we're, when we're catching up, do we say, are you happy? You know, are you happier this week than you were last week? Did you experience a lot of joy and pleasure this week? These are not really the things that we're valuing. We're valuing work, busy, productivity, and treating ourselves like we're machines. And we are absolutely not machines. You know, we, we are much more complex than a machine. And in order to, to take care of all the different parts of ourselves, through this practice and through my relationship with Jamie and having these conversations about slowing down, about rest, about taking better care of ourselves, you know, I've noticed that instead of just working for however many hours in a day and just steamrolling through my day and just focusing on the work, that actually taking some breaks to take a walk around the block or to take a nice long walk, to dance with my partner, to find some time for joy, to carve out time for myself to meditate in the morning. Just doing these these things that are self-care and are so simple. This is we haven't reinvented something. We are actually just peeling away the layers, the excess layers, and getting it back down to a much more focused and simplistic perspective. I have found that by taking those breaks and by dancing every day and by doing all these little things, getting out into the sun and getting some exercise and you know, meditating, all these things accumulate to making me a lot more productive and getting the same amount of work done in a shorter amount of time. Because the amount of time that I am sitting down and focused on my work, I am actually focused. I'm there, I'm present, and I can get it all done in less time than I thought that I could have with just filling my mind with work and productivity. So, you know, it's not the most popular concept in our society to slow down, but that's really what we're talking about here is is slowing down and finding these little pockets in your day to take care of yourself. And these small incremental changes over time create a massive change. Yeah. Thank, thank you for sharing that. And it, it is, it's so funny because I think we can all recognize kind of logically the value in humans need to rest. You will burn out if you don't rest. And yet truly slowing down in a significant way for a significant period of time feels like this radical rebellion against mainstream culture. And the other thing 
that's coming up for me is that I want to acknowledge how important it can be to have a coach and have a guide on a journey like this because speaking from personal experience, when I started to slow down, I had been using productivity as a numbing technique. And when I started to slow down, old wounds and traumas caught up with me. And it's no wonder I didn't want to slow down. My body and psyche were like, don't do that. You'll die. You'll feel the grief you didn't get to feel way back when, and you'll be annihilated and liquefied and good luck. (laughs) Don't do that. And also, I just think as we slow down, sometimes a lot of really complex feelings about self-worth can come up. We might need someone to help reinforce self-compassion practices, to reflect things at us in a different way, to help us on this journey. Because if it were as simple as lying down and taking a nap and clearing our schedule, a lot more of us would do it, right? But it's, it's not. It touches on societal values of productivity as a form of self-worth, numbing away from trauma as opposed to getting in touch with how we're feeling in our body because sometimes it's too painful to slow down and be present and be in our bodies. It just depends where we're coming from, right? So I just wanted to offer that as evidence that, that saying I need help with this and a coach could be helpful is a really brave thing to acknowledge or to seek out because we talk, Lisa and I talk about this on the podcast all the time. The one giant thing we've learned about self-help is that it's a misnomer. No one does anything alone. Even self-help, you're getting, you know, all of the help from the authors that are happening. And anyway, so I, I just think that's rad. I think that's really cool and literally radical what you guys are doing. And so I have joined some of your sort of public group coaching sessions. So like your Friday morning exhale that you do at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Fridays where one of you will do Reiki, the other will lead a meditation. It's such a nice way to kind of end the week and settle into a Friday. But do you also offer like individual programs? Like how are you sort of approaching this? Yeah. So we do one-on-one coaching or couples coaching, depending on what someone's looking for. And the approach is, it's a full program because it is, you need support around this. You're literally reworking how you're going to approach your life. For most people, it, this, this has definitely been a journey I've been on. I mentioned I was in the, the fitness industry for years and I was fit, but I didn't feel healthy. And I burned out. My body was exhausted. It's hard to slow down when everything around you says speed up. And so the way that our coaching programs are structured is that we meet with our clients once a week to do a movement coaching session focused on generally Pilates. Sometimes it's more body weight, playful movement, focused on slowing down, take using movement as a way to take care of the body rather than punish the body for something you've eaten or what you didn't do or what, what happens so often. And then our, and then we do two to four longer coaching sessions with our clients each month. And we start with movement and breath. We do a little bit of energy healing, Reiki, 
And then we go into some vulnerability work, some intimacy work, some play work, and we round it out with some more energy work. So it's a really supportive program designed to not just like help you feel better for a minute, but really start to think about how you're structuring your life and create some structure for play, some structure for unstructured movement, some structure for pleasure, and really support you in create, creating lasting change. And it sounds like your goal is to set up your clients so that they don't need you forever. Like you want to teach them the tools, right? To empower themselves, to just live a more pleasure-centered, embodied life moving forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. You guys, thank you so much for being here. This is amazing. Is there anything you want to add? You know, there is one thing that I wanted to add to touch on because you, you, what you said was really insightful. And I really appreciate what you, what you were talking about in terms of not being able to do this together alone, needing community around this, needing help, needing possibly coaching and all that. You know, one of the things that I've learned recently is I'm really interested in history and, and how things get put together. And something that I learned recently was about Darwin and Darwinism mm -hmm. and that, that when Darwin started doing all of his, his research, he absolutely did discover that something that was going on on a micro level was competition. So the lion chasing the gazelle, if the lion was stronger, it would get the gazelle. If the gazelle was faster, it would get away. When the lion lioness would bring the gazelle home, if one of the cubs was smaller and weaker, he might get pushed out and end up dying. If the stronger cub, you know, is the alpha, this is all absolutely happening. There's um, survival of the fittest. There's competition happening in nature. And that's part of something that he noticed. And, and the people who brought his research forward, they had an agenda to push that side of the story. But there's another side of the story to really round this thing out. And our entire society has moved forward with only half of the story. The other half of the story is that Darwin also noticed that on a micro, on a macro level, excuse me, on a macro level, there's massive cooperation happening. So the reason that the lions are there to eat the gazelle is because if they weren't there, the gazelles would eat all the grass. That would make the, the soil loose. It would affect the rivers. The rivers would then affect the ocean. The fish would die. The like whole this, ecosystem the whole collapses. Collapses when yeah. you take one piece of it out, you know? Wow. And this is something that Darwin also very much noticed, was part of his research, but what was presented to the world was only half the story. And so our society has focused on every man for himself, on survival of the fittest, on competition. But there's more to this story and there's really cooperation. That's where coopetition kind of comes in, is bringing all of this together, you know? And so this feeling of needing to be the best, needing to excel, needing to to be in competition with everybody is something that we are trying to find the balance with and give people more tools to realize that really the competition is with the self, with the mind, and that there's a lot more synergy happening. There's a lot more cooperation here happening if you just allow that perspective to seep into you. Because we have created our reality and we've created this reality based on 50% of the information as opposed to creating reality based on all the information. So 
the the need to do this with a coach with community this is these are real real deep seated needs because it's part of our nature it's part of who we are yeah what a beautiful what beautiful context what an amazing reframe that i've never i've never heard before about the balancing of it all it makes a lot of sense and I'm going to let that percolate for a while. <laughs> and I hope everybody listening lets that percolate because that's a profound shift to bring in. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, such an honor to share this space with you, Misty. Thank you for having us. You too. Always, always an honor to share a space with you. And everybody links to contact Yonatan directly are in show notes, Jamie directly in show notes, their website, which is coopetitioncoaching.com. And you can also find them on Instagram at coopetitioncoaching. And I really encourage you to check out some of their beautiful group and public offerings if you want to dip your toe in. So with that, everybody. Life is abundant. abundant. Go Help Yourself was produced by Misty Stinnett and Lisa Linky. Our theme song was written by the inimitable Matt Saff. Inimitable. There's nothing we love more than hearing from you. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. We're also at gohelpyourselfpodcast on Instagram and at ghypodcast on Twitter. And you can go old school and check out our website at gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. It basically is a fancy PowerPoint slide. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review because it helps other people find our show. You know who else needs to find it? Your friends. Tell all of your friends. Okay, thanks. Bye.